0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. Uh, I'm going to try to make it through today. I'm uh, I've had a stomach bug all week, so I'm not going to shake anybody's hands. I am going to... Rub all over Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Rub right here. Right here. <laughs>
1: I got, no, I, I don't stinger. think I'm contagious or
0: anything, but I hadn't been able to eat anything all week, so I'm really drawn up. Uh, I'll try to bring the energy, but I'm not sure. So welcome to Save the Cowboys. This is a sick pen for centers, not a show ring for saints. For uh, live uh, just southwest or southeast of, of Denver, Colorado in in some of the prettiest country in the world and uh anyway we are glad that you're here with us we got a pretty good crowd today so i just noticed uh, i
2: wasn't in this on the screen so oh you that, wasn't so on the, the move oh so you're
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna have to have a monitor right here so we can see ourselves so anyway to my left is is ty weber uh he is our ranch manager for save the cowboy we have two ranches one here at kiowa and another Uh, A little ways away at Rayma, Colorado. And uh, I want to give a a shout out to uh, one of our cowboys, Daryl Dye, who was in a horrendous horse wreck uh, last Sunday, spent some time in the hospital, and he's supposed to be using a walker. I told him to name it Walker, Texas Ranger. And uh, anyway, but he didn't show up today with a walker because he's a cowboy, and that's, you know, that's what they do. And so anyway, we're glad you're okay, Daryl. We're glad that you're here. But uh, Daryl was really bad timing. He just got good at helping us check cattle, and he was like our mainstay. Excuse me. And now now he's laid up. So, uh, but that's part of being a, a... you know, in the profession that we're in, whether we're talking about the ministry, whether we're talking about the, uh, the ranching operations, things happen and it's always, you know, kind of next man up. And that's kind of why y'all do Cowboy Crew right. on Thursday night is, is to prepare people whenever, you know, those things happen. So um, how important is it to be prepared because you don't really know?
2: Well, I think it, you know, in cowboy and, and if, on a crew or or in your Christian life, you know, we that that's why we have to practice, right? That's why we have to do our work, our daily work, um, in anticipation of, of when our number is going to be called. And so, cowboy crew, part of it is just to have fun and get together and enjoy each other's company. But but there's a deeper um, significance to that, and that is to start identifying some people that are that are willing to want to step up and and serve in a in a bigger way right and and so you know we've got uh, about 25 people showing up regularly on Thursday nights and you know quite a few of them could do that if they wanted to and and you know be, be ready because you might get asked and, right. and, and you, right. you you be, you have a little time to think about your response um, uh, but you know that that's the way it is the summertime in, in ranching tends to Tends to draw out, and by like, like that's why I've got four horses to ride because by by fall I usually I'm hoping to have one left, that, you know, or else I'm going to be afoot, and because it's a hard summer on them with all the ro- roping and doctoring big cattle and the mileage and and wrecks and things that happen and and so that's kind of what we're trying to do with our cowboy crews is, is have enough people that when the wrecks happen that we don't not we, if they happen no I said when <laughs> that we don't skip a beat because it's not about me it's not about mitch it's not about daryl it's about god and his ranch and getting the job done and 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 being prepared to to keep on serving you know no matter what so uh, yeah it goes on
0: so you know last year uh ty and brett were both laid up with broken legs and luckily we had mitch and uh, what was that like because i mean like you were the yeah. You were the new guy, and <laughs> yeah. you were thrown into the
1: fire. Yeah, learn learning places on the fly, that's for sure. And then, you know, it wasn't just Ty and Brett that got hurt, too. I mean, it was Sean and Phil, too, yeah. when right. they got yeah. hurt. I mean, it was, right. I think, goodness, that was probably close to a 1,000 head right there with everything combined. That was right. probably needed to check by of. four people, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then taking care of the servant on top of it, too, so it was either one day... Phil's, and the next day was serving, or after I got done at Phil's, go and serve somewhere or, or yep. something like that, but uh, but it was, <clears throat> I guess, uh, it was just a, it was a blessing to, to be here and get to, to uh, even though it was busy, we got to meet a lot of, pe- I got to meet a lot of people, yeah. even though it was on the fly, I mean, um, not only getting to help Phil, but also the people we went and helped and served, too, not only just me, but Jason, and, um, yeah, there sure a bunch of other people that went with me to places, you too, Don, and, bet. yeah. Everybody yep. stepped up. Yeah, yep. everybody stepped up, Yep. yep. Yep, it wasn't just me, it was everybody around me, you know, and that's the good thing about, uh, especially at Save the Cowboy, when somebody goes down, another person steps up, and they always do, and that's, that's been the case ever since I've been here.
0: It has, it so, has, it's been that way yep. for a long time, and so I commend all of y'all, uh, you know, and a lot of times it's easy to think, you know, why why, why am I doing this? Why am yeah. I doing this? Why am I doing this? Well, you know, a lot of times you're not where you want to be, but God is using that to prepare you for where you he wants you to be so don't give up just no matter what stage of life that you're in whether we're talking about cowboying Or we're talking about Christianity never stop growing because there's probably going to be some place at some time That you're gonna be asked to step up and I promise you it's a lot better to go. Yeah, I'm ready I've been waiting then. Oh, I don't know if I can do that yeah. so <clears throat> anyway Keep going on, Daryl. We're glad that, that, you're, that you're better. Or you're, well, we're glad that you're here. I don't know how better you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see Becky
2: here, too. Yeah, today. And yeah. Becky, yeah. Uh, horse yeah. wreck, and, yeah. you know, just
0: uh, it, it's, it's great. And so, y'all keep these people in your prayers as well as other people uh, that, that we have prayer requests sent to save the cowboy. And you don't have to know their names, you don't even have to know their situations. Just know that we've got prayer requests coming in, and God knows who they are. And you can still pray for them. So, uh, Ty, will you open us up in prayer, please? You bet.
2: God, thank you for today and and for all these people who've come to worship you today, Lord. We we have that in common. Even though we we might be different in what we do and how we do it, we all have the common thread of, of the, our Lord Jesus Christ uh, to help guide us and keep us together. And, and I'm just grateful for all those who who have stepped up uh, when when others have gone down and and have, have been willing to. To devote their life to serving the Lord and instead of serving themselves. Thank you so much for Kevin and and all of our leadership in this in this ministry uh, for their sacrifices that they do give daily. Um, thank you for all those that are that are up and coming and, and getting ready to sacrifice for for God and uh, just. So- Give us all strength and perseverance in these tough times that we can get through them and 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 hopefully come out the other side instead of being divided being being united in jesus christ's name i pray amen
0: amen i failed to mention meg Lauer. she had knee replacement surgery so uh y'all keep her in your prayers and meg if you're watching get better she can get back here so anyway if if you've got your your bibles uh turn with me to first samuel chapter 19 1 samuel 19. uh you know, whenever I read the Bible, um, I, I don't know if it's a knack, I don't know if it's a gift, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, but, but very seldom do I read the Bible, uh, I watch the Bible. And what I mean by that is when I read the words, there's like this motion picture going on in, in my head of, of what's going on. And, you know, if you like action-packed stories, go, go to 1 Samuel, okay? First Samuel starts off with the with the story of Samuel uh of of how he was, you know, born and Hannah was de- going to dedicate and blah blah blah. Talks about his life and and then it talks about uh Samuel was a was Israel's final judge and uh you know, kind of after judges, he was the last judge and then Israel wanted a king. So, uh God used him to appoint Saul, being the first king of of Israel. And and it it just goes on from there to, to, uh, this is where David and Goliath is. I mean, it's just, it really is. It's like an action movie from the start until the end. It's got heroic rescues. It's got fighting giants. It's got narrow escapes and the rise and fall of kings. I mean, it, it, it should be made into a Hollywood movie as long as they did it right. But, uh, but stuck in there in, in chapter 14, I told you to turn to 19, but you don't have to go to 14. Um, in chapter 14 is the story of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is, is uh, King Saul's son, okay? And this dude is, is a good hombre, okay? And he's big, he's powerful, he's a warrior, he's the son of the king, he's the heir to the throne. And, um, you know, he kind of, he's not the general of, you know, that, that's uh, another guy named Abner. But he's not the general, but, but he still takes part of the army and goes off in places, and, and he's just a really cool dude. But uh, in chapter 14 is the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer, and what has happened is all the, they're, they're fighting the Philistines, and, you know, anyway, Jonathan wins, but then they, they gather all their forces, the Philistines do, and they go to a place called Micmash and um, there's, you know, it's a big encampment, but they're kind of broke up into what I call platoons. And anyway, right where Jonathan is camped is, is a canyon, and then the Philistines are just right there. I mean, you know, they, they can see each other across the canyon. And um, Israel has no way to win this. You know, they've only got, you know, like 600 people or something like that, and the Philistines have like 3,000. But anyway, Jonathan is standing there, and uh, he concocts a plan to go destroy this platoon that's closest to him. But the problem is he's gonna have to climb down this canyon, cross it, climb up the other side, and they're gonna see him coming, so there's not gonna be an element of surprise or anything. And uh, Jonathan tells tells his armor bearer, kind of like his squire, basically. He's like, you know what? We're gonna go over there and they're gonna see us coming. And we're going to holler at them and tell them we're coming. And then if, God's, if, if they yell down, come on up and get us, then we'll know that God is on our side. So they climb down and the Philistines are watching. They're like, what are these two idiots doing? There's no way that two people can wipe out a whole platoon of Philistines. And so anyway, they get to the bottom and, and Jonathan is basically like, hey, y'all, we're coming. We're coming up here to get you. And they laugh and they say, well, come on. And I can just imagine Jonathan smiling at his armor bearer and going, told you. So they climb up there and the the two of them wipe out this whole platoon by themselves. But the the courage that Jonathan and his armor bearers showed was amazing. Outnumbered, no one was going to be able to come help them if something happened. They were completely isolated. One professional soldier who was a mountain of a man, and the other, probably a farm boy. That kind of courage is uncivilized. Right now we're in part two of a series Called uncivilized, and and last week I I talked about how, the the God wants an uncivilized church, and we talked about John the Baptist and how uncivilized he was, and if you read some of of what John did, you'd might think, oh my gosh, you know, goodness, and and Jesus didn't go get on to him about it. He said there was nobody greater than John the Baptist, even though John the Baptist was so uncivilized. We talked about how we've kind of modeled Save the Cowboy in a way. That, you know, we're not very civilized. There's no carpet on the floor. We meet in an ag barn. The, you know, the insulation's falling down. But, you know, and people have asked me before, why don't you build a big church? Well, you know, I guess if somebody wants to give a million dollars to do it, that, that's one thing. But I, I just never really thought that it was important uh, to make church this, uh, a church building the centralized location of our faith. I would rather it be Jesus Christ. Today we're going to talk about how we have to have uncivilized courage to do the job and be the people that God has called us to be. Civilized courage, civilized courage is everyday courage, like asking a girl to dance for the first time, roping calves in a prairie dog town, getting on a colt for the first time, even riding bulls or racing motorcycles, that, that's just, that, that's civilized courage. Anybody can do it if they put their mind to it. That is civilized courage. But uncivilized courage is the courage of faith. It's taking up your cross and following Jesus. It's loving those who don't love you back. It's forgiving those that have hurt you the most. It's humility, meekness, kindness, in a world full of egos and hate. It's dying to self. That's uncivilized courage. And it's what we're called to. But how do we get there? How do we get there? So, for the rest of this clinic, we're going to be talking about the life of David before he was king. And the first lesson that we can learn from this is that uncivilized courage sometimes means just walking away. Just walking away. In 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 9-12, through 12, it says, But one day when Saul was sitting at home with a spear in hand, a tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again, As David played his harp, Saul hurled his spear at David, but David dodged out of the way, and leaving the spear stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. They were told to kill David when he came out the next morning, but Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he fled, and he escaped. See, sometimes we just have to walk away from sin. Now, you know, to, to, David knew that it would be a sin to kill King Saul. I mean, here's Saul trying to kill him. I mean, isn't it self-defense if somebody hurls a spear and, you know, sticks it in the wall next to your head? I mean, that's pretty justifiable. And, you know, David has already killed Goliath. David has already led the army into many battles as a teenager. They are singing his name in the streets. Saul has killed his thousands, but, but David has killed his ten thousands, right? And, and Saul is angry, and, and truth be known, Samuel has, Saul did some stuff that, that the Lord turned his back on Saul, okay? The Lord turned his back on Saul because Saul didn't do what, he, what God told him to. And Samuel has already anointed David as the king. David could kill Saul, and David knew it. He had the ability. Saul wasn't nothing compared to Goliath. But instead of putting himself in a situation uh, to kill or be killed, David just walked away. See, uncivilized courage is removing yourself rather than giving in to sin. Removing yourself rather than giving in to sin. In 2 Timothy 2.22, Paul says to Timothy, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace enjoy the companionship of those who call on the lord with pure hearts run from anything that might cause you to sin that is uncivilized courage because look man to be honest man we're weak i mean if we stick by there long enough you know and i know that most of the time maybe 99 percent of the time we're going to give in we're going to give in but instead just walk away instead of sinning walk away that's uncivilized courage Uncivilized courage is doing what is right, not what is easy. Doing what is right, not what is easy. See, David is pursued by Saul, <clears throat> so you know David runs off, and uh, he gathers together his his mighty men, and so there's you know these all these men, hundreds and hundreds of men, and basically David is in the wilderness, and he's going over here. He even fights for the Philistines for a while, not against Israel, but against some other deals because, you know, Saul's trying to kill him, and Saul can't come kill him if he's with the Philistines. And it, it's, a, it's a long, complicated story. But then uh, Saul, or David, is supposed to go attack Israel, but instead they go attack Israel's other neighbors. So basically, you know, David is sitting there still working for Israel, but he's kind of a double agent. And so Saul finds out that, that David is back in Israel. And so Saul and 3,000 of his men go out to uh to try to find David and kill him. And uh, anyway, while David is at a place called En Gedi, and if you go to Israel with us, uh, I've been there, we have been there, Save the Cowboys been there twice, and you get to go to a place called En Gedi. And there's a spring there, and it's right by the Dead Sea, and it's just rocky wilderness, crazy, crazy rough terrain. Well, that's where David is. And Saul knows David is there somewhere. And so Saul goes up. And ends up sleeping in the same cave as David. And they, all of David's men are like, hey man, you should just kill him now, man. He, he's trying to kill you. You're, you've already been anointed king and all of this stuff. Well, you know, Saul gets up in the morning and he's, uh, well, he's relieving himself. And David creeps up behind him and cuts a piece of his robe off. And then sneaks back into the back of the cave. And Saul goes outside and they're getting ready to go look for David. And it... Uh, In 1 Samuel 24, verses 11 through 13, David says, he goes out. Saul's getting ready to leave. And David says, look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you've been hunting me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you were trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As the old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure, I won't ever harm you. I won't ever harm you. Uncivilized courage is choosing the right way over the easy way. Because honestly, man, the easiest way to do it was to put a knife in Saul's heart, be done with it. David has already been anointed king, but David is not going to do it because he knows That Saul was the first anointed king chosen by God. And if God wants to remove him, he's going to let God do it. He's not going to play a part in it. All of David's men urged him to kill Saul and be done with it. But in an act of uncivilized courage, David goes all in and shows Saul that he means him no harm. If David's plan didn't work, he would die. But yet he stepped out in faith. He showed the courage to do the right thing, not the easy thing. Walks out and says, hey... (laughs) I had my chance, buddy, I didn't take it. I'm not trying to harm you, quit hunting me. I'm not gonna do anything to you. You see, taking a shortcut to God's promises is the quickest way to delaying them. Trying to cut corners is the quickest way to make the journey longer. You know, the easy way is like a roundabout with no exits. And too often in my life, I've been on that roundabout. I have, because we keep taking the easy way and what we don't realize is that it's just a circle. Every decision we make, if we take the easy way out, we're, we're going somewhere, we're, we're still moving forward, but the problem is, is that we're moving in a left-hand turn. And we just keep doing the same thing over and over, and then we wonder, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is the same thing happening to me over and over and over and over and over? Well, one of the reasons is because we keep trying to take the easy way out instead of the right way, and finally, uncivilized courage is never giving up on trusting in what God has said never giving up on trusting what God said in second samuel or i think it's first samuel first samuel I wrote second first samuel 26:9 through 11 david says no don't kill him for who can remain innocent after attacking the lord's anointed one surely the lord will strike down some day will strike Saul down some day or he will die of old age or in battle the Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and the jug of water beside his head, and then let's get out of here. Saul, you know, leaves after engedi and sure enough, he goes left again and tries to go and kill David, catches David, or they're really close, and David and one of his mighty men sneak into Saul's camp. And sneak into the very tent, which you know I'm sure it was in the middle and heavily guarded. But they make it all the way to Saul's tent, and once again, his guys like, man, just you don't have to kill him, I will kill him. That will solve everything. You don't sin, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it. Once again, man, David is 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 being hunted. He's going to be killed, and once again, it would have been easy to take the easy way out. But David says no. Don't kill him for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one. And just because David might have not done the actual deed, it would have still been his word that was followed to have him killed. Uncivilized courage means never giving up or trusting in God. Once again, Saul is after David, but he steals his spear and his water jug. And in the same deal in getty, they get back to a safe distance. And they're like, King Saul, King Saul. He comes out of his tent. He's like, David's like, Hey, dude, I had another chance. Here's your water jug and here's your spear. I'm going to leave them right here, man. Leave me alone. You know, even though Samuel had anointed David as the future king of Israel, we cannot force God's promises. David said right there, Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and that jug of water beside his head, and then let's get out of here. We cannot force God's promises but we can trust in them. See, we shouldn't confuse waiting on the Lord's promises as wasting time. And a lot of times that's what it seems like we're doing. When we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. The longer we wait, man, the more we try to force things to happen. And and usually we force things to happen by trying to take the easy way. There there is no shortcut to God's promises, and when we do try to take a shortcut, it delays the the promise. Or it gets us in a wreck that causes us more pain and harm. Don't confuse waiting for the right time with wasting time. God never wastes our time for those that have our, our eyes on him. See, during this time running from Saul, God taught David. God wasn't wasting that time. God taught David how to lead. God taught David how to trust. God taught David how to obey him regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances. See, uncivilized courage is knowing the difference between being emotionally ready and spiritually ready. Man, a lot of times we have a good idea and we're like, hey man, I, I could do this for God. And I mean, we, we are immediately emotionally ready. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this. But don't confuse being emotionally ready with spiritually ready. Ready. We are always emotionally ready for God's promises, but God, before he delivers on that promise, is going to be sure that we are spiritually ready. How do we develop uncivilized courage? Just walk away from sin. Walk away from sin. Don't get yourselves in a wreck. There, there's too many things that, that happen to us that, that don't, don't make it hard on yourself, man. If you know something is wrong and you don't have any other alternative, man, turn and walk away. Choose right over easy. And I guarantee you, that is the hard way. That is the hard way. And finally, never give up. God has made a lot of promises to you. You can find them in the Bible if you'll read it. And God is not slow to deliver on his promises. But a lot of times he waits until we're spiritually mature. How can you get more spiritually mature? You do it by walking away from sin, choosing the right over easy, and never giving up. Let's go to God and pray.